Welcome, welcome to the Bro CR Supercast. Basically, a super cool podcast. See what we did there? <laughs> we discuss all things obstacle course racing, culture, and community that embodies it. From performing athletes, flashy new gear, and secret guacamole recipes. Yummy. We've got you covered, bro. Do you have questions? We want to find answers. Want to talk about running in the mud and your next big adventure? Cool. So do we. Now let's lace up those trail kicks and jump in the corral. The Supercast. The Supercast starts now. to the Supercast. Episode 10, Leah. That's right. We're getting we, up there. We've made it. <laughs> <laughs> we are official. We're official. 10 whole episodes um, and reviews and a new intro. Um, and got to say, I'm really having fun with this. I am definitely having fun with this. Welcome, you guys, Tuesday morning to the Supercast. We are Jacob. Back Becker, to Tuesday mornings, Hensley. too. Yes, back to Tuesday mornings. Thank you all for your patience with that last week. And that's, we hope had a to crazy stay week consistent. Yeah. 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 And that's one of the main things that we want to do is keep that consistency here. Um, to continue to make just awesome episodes and have a good time and have it be a conversation and learn stuff. Yep. So if you haven't already, please click subscribe and um, you know, you'll get alerts when we drop a new no, drop a new episode um but yeah definitely subscribe leave us a review let us know what you're thinking and sound off on some of our topics that'd be great absolutely um before we go in on this week's topic um want to follow up on last week's mega cbd discussion yeah so we had two fantastic industry experts with Vanga cbd um, that dropped a whole ton of knowledge and a whole ton of information on us. It was insane. Um, and I don't know about you, but it was pretty eye-opening for me. So it was really interesting to me, um, some of the comments we got, because we had some people message. Um, some people would, you know, maybe repost it or share. Um, but the majority of the things that I got as far as feedback, um, and I know it's still recent it's still soon but it was private messages and um being in new jersey i was confronted and asked by so many people about it yeah um, no i definitely also received a lot of private messages i think you know as we talked last week this topic is still kind of taboo kind of there's you know, still people around it sure what's going on right they think it's you know oh it's pot i'm a pothead and it's, it's totally not that or what is it doing um, or what is right. it like what's so There's it definitely, you know, I, I know we haven't had a ton of public feedback, but the, the private feedback is great. We, you know, we definitely appreciate you guys reaching out to us. And it sounds like for the most part, a lot of questions were answered for our listeners. And, oh, absolutely. Um, you know, we definitely hope to, to follow up and, and bring, bring some more content regarding that. Because as we dropped, you know, last time, both you and I have now started trying this product. I have. I've um, I've had some pretty good success with it. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier this weekend about what you've done with it. Um, so far, I've seen my greatest success with it um, with sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know me, I'm a, I, I've been an avid melatonin user um, for quite a while now, a few years. And right. um, I think this is a great 
um, side piece to that. It helps with stress a little bit. Um, the balm is great, actually. I love the balm on my legs, and I was using that this weekend after the Ultra. How about you? Yeah, I definitely started using the balm as well. Um, was having some um, neck and shoulder soreness after some, some lifting sessions, um, and I really liked it. Um, felt like it was pretty, you know, pretty more, you know, pretty relaxed after I used it. Um, I could definitely feel something, so definitely keep up with that. As far as the capsules go, um, what was interesting in talking to um, Jay and Dave last week was, you know, just talking about seeing how you feel, seeing how you react to it, and being able to adjust that dose. Mm -hmm. Um, the first couple nights I took the capsules, I took one capsule as, you know, as directed and 25 milligrams there. Right. And it it was hard for me to say if there was any benefit to it, truthfully, because I typically brush my teeth, take my pills, go to bed. Um, so there really wasn't any kind of, you know, time before I went Mm -hmm. to bed to say, okay, I feel this or I feel that. Um, but I felt like I was getting some decent sleep. And then, like, nights three and four, I woke up the next morning, and I was kind of restless overnight. I was like, well, maybe it didn't do anything. But then I upped it to two capsules. So 50 um, milligrams at this point. 50 milligrams two nights ago and slept solid. You can look at, like, my Garmin sleep data, and I was out all night. No restlessness. That's great. Um, Definitely felt much more refreshed waking up in the morning. So I I think maybe 50 so, okay, so, and that's for you, though, but that's that's the thing I'm finding out about this stuff, just like Tylenol or, like, understanding the right dosage is kind of tricky. Right, um, kind of trial and error, it seems like. Oh, absolutely. So, question for you, then. Um, for you, using the 50 milligrams, have, okay, you're tracking your sleep, you said, with it. How much REM sleep do you averagely get? Um... So on average, my total night's sleep, I get about six hours a night of total sleep. Okay. Um, I'm not one of those people that needs eight to ten. I can function okay. pretty well on six, seven. Um, and so of that six to seven, I was getting like two hours of REM sleep. Okay. Um, on a good night. But there would be a lot of like awakenings and restlessness because okay. I can kind of okay. see the the movement and whatnot. Mm-hmm. How many cycles past, you get and stuff? Okay. Right. The past two nights, though, it has stayed in deep sleep or REM sleep, kind of cycling through mm-hmm. without any. Like last night, there was not one single awakening. No disturbances. Solid okay. Sleep, solid sleep the whole time with over fifty percent of it being REM. Okay. So okay. Wow. Okay. Much so more. Like you're looking at three hours sleep. of sleep now for REM yeah, cycles. About that. Yep. See, that's and that's normally what I get now. Um, so I'm I'm probably about a seven and a half hour sleeper a night, seven or mm-hmm. so to eight in there. Um, but I'm looking at about three hours regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if I'm having a bad night, like and I just get two, I'm feisty. I'm angsty. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this is helping. I would say like I'm just dropping in and I can fall. I have been fall. I'll say this. I will wake up maybe once a night now, mm-hmm. but it's definitely at the end of a REM cycle. I can really feel it. Okay. So definitely and, some um, results here. And... and looking at some of the heart rate monitoring stuff I'm doing, it's definitely right. at the end of a REM cycle, like at the right time, I would say. Right. Perfect. Well, and I mean, and that's the thing is weird. you listen to all those sleep experts and it's not so much, you know, the quantity of the sleep you're getting, but is it quality? quality. And I can definitely quality. tell that my overall quality 
has improved and you know that was just after one week so yeah exactly you know. I, I can definitely say my sleep quality is way better yeah. uh, with this stuff and it's and I've been on different things like uh, there's products like food for sleep or mm -hmm. um, there's a snooze if you've heard of snooze before yep. um, but they will knock you the heck out and this is like I would say a lot more gentle that's exactly right because I react very strongly to things like that that knock me out like Benadryl or anything like that mm -hmm. because I wake up the next morning just kind of groggy hungover. Yeah, um, exactly. And I'm although not feeling my that with sleep, this. Right. Although my sleep at the time is fine, I wake up feeling like crap. So it's like, well, what the heck was the point in that? But with the CBD, I'm definitely not getting any of that. It's restful yeah. and I wake up energized and feeling good. So I'm still, I, I like you know, I'm, I'm, I'm by nature a little bit skeptical. I'm not going to, you know, shout from the rooftop. That's just you as a person. The miracle, absolutely. But I think that for sure I'm, I'm impressed so far and I, I'm definitely going to continue. Good deal. Good deal. Yes. All right. So I guess let's get on to this week's awesome topic. Yeah. So this weekend was finally like the start of your OCR season. I ran. Yay. <laughs> I ran. <laughs> So you have been training all along. We've talked about it before. Your goal this year is the Spartan Ultras. Yeah, Jacob's going the distance, baby. All righty. Um, so this weekend was New Jersey. It was New Jersey. Um, now, how was it? Wow. Um, <laughs> you know, okay, so there's just so much to process here. And mm -hmm. so... So cool. So first of all, seeing this is my first race back for a while and the the vendor booth that they had for craft gear mm -hmm. and the equipment and stuff they had there. Amazing. Tons Spartan, of stuff to buy. There. Tons of stuff. Uh, did I send you a photo of the finisher shirt? Uh, no. Is it different than the other ones? Yeah, it's well. So the they've got the regular craft ultra finisher right. shirt, but then the venue shirt was awesome oh really it was it was a tech shirt just like the other ones okay. fits well snug looks really mm -hmm. sleek and it's just sometimes they come up with these crazy over-the-top designs for the shirts mm -hmm. and this one is just really simple mountain creek new jersey Good. spartan you know spartan beast weekend nice and it was like but it looks really professional it looks really nice i'm like it reminds Good. me of a friend of mine does iron man's uh -huh. And like he just got done at Galveston, Texas with that one. Reminded me a lot of that shirt. And I'm like, this is a really dang nice shirt. I'm going to cool. buy that and wear that on a regular basis. <laughs> As a side note, talking about the vendors and whatnot, I was pretty impressed. Did they have like when I went to the stadium um, in City Field, there were so many new vendors there. There was I mean, there was the Caterpie laces, which we've mm -hmm. seen before yeah. a little bit. But there was a, a make your own trail mix station. Did you all have that? No, we didn't have anything like that. Um, we did have the Athletic Brewing Company beer, though, there. Huh. And I had one. How was um, it? You know, so I think of non-alcoholic beer, and I think of, like, uh, and once again, uh, I, telling all of our viewers here, so I came from a little bitty town in southern Indiana called Vincennes. Um, and there was this place across the river over in, um, just across the river over in Illinois called Westport. And there was this little steakhouse over there that my dad loved to go on his birthday. Mm -hmm. And it was, uh, they called it the Westport Inn. Like, like I said, Westport probably is like maybe a population of 25 people. <laughs> okay. But they, they had a decent steakhouse over there in Illinois. And my dad could get a beer there. And he was like, okay, let's go over there. 
And my dad didn't drink great beer, but they always had O'Doul's there. And I was like, what's O'Doul's? And he's like, oh, it's a non-alcoholic beer. And okay. I'm like, I'm sure that tastes horrible. That's all I could think about because my dad drank Bush Light growing up. Right. So once also again, quality. getting o- also a great quality beer right there. <laughs> but um, that's my mind thought alcoholic beer when I heard this company. Uh-huh. And I, that's right where my brain went to was O'Doul's. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's O'Doul's. Right. <laughs> it's, it's new O'Doul's. Right. Was but it? then this, no, this athletic brewing company beer had like a West Coast IPA in okay. it. Okay. And it was like 70 calories. Hmm. And I was like, that ain't bad. Alrighty. I'm like, like less calories than 95% of beers and right. a decent flavor to it. Okay. All I right. Can, well, there you go, y'all. You need I, to check it out when you go to I Spartan. I actually drink one of these. <laughs> um, and it was really nice and refreshing. And well, I'm for sure our you friends, needed it after the race. Absolutely. And and to think to like my friends that don't drink beer or anything, like that is a great alternative if they want to try something like that. Yeah, um, sounds like it. With, with some flavor. It's because um, I've got some friends that um, for different, you know, religious purposes or, you know, lifestyle choices, they decide mm-hmm. to not partake in alcohol. Right, um, right. I would love to see some of my um, Mormon friends and stuff try something out like that because it's non-alcoholic. <laughs> go well, for it. <laughs> there you go. Um, so really, really cool. Really neat. A lot of good flavors. Um, but the race itself. Let's talk yeah. about the race. Let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's um, talk. So I did this one last year. It was my one and only um, Spartan Ultra. Yep. So before we went into this this week, we got the map, and it looks like it was the same thing I did last year. Very, very similar. Uh, slight changes here and there. Um, mm-hmm. But here's kind of the thing that I think after running it, and I, wrote, I ran it two years ago for okay. all of our listeners there. Um, and portions were the same. Portions were different. Um, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Well, like, I mean, there's definitely I, an argument to that. I mean, there's, from last I, year, it kicked our butts. It was a very tough and course. It was a tough course again this year. Um, a little slight changes here and there. New obstacles, obviously. Um, right, right. Um, but just really, you know, New Jersey is a humbling course. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like you're at a high elevation or anything. And it's not like you're – but it just beats you down. And well, yeah, because the terrain, I mean, you know, from what I remember and from seeing the GPS is it's I mean, you're going up and down and up and down darn near like 11 full, times, you know, 32 miles like there's no open running. There's no mm-hmm. break to the legs. It's just a constant grind of a climb. So to our listeners out there, we had about 32 miles, about somewhere around 11,000 elevation gain total, um, 66 obstacles. And it was a beat down. It just yeah. it and talking to Raya Koble, um, who went I forgot last year she got hypothermic and she had yeah, an ambulance. She dropped out the last yeah. year. And she was sitting there talking to me. She's like, Yeah, and Raya is um she's just very apt. She's like, Yeah, I had an eight hundred dollar hospital trip because of this race and it taught me a lesson. Mm-hmm. And that is what this race is good about, teaching you lessons. And well, I mean, there's so many races that people just show up complete and and that's it but in ultra this is not one of them you can't do that no you you have to train and you have to prepare and those that are not trained and not prepared it's revealed and you know people 
this, you know, this morning and, and yesterday are focusing on all these DNF percentages and all that. And yep. Like, oh, my God, it was so crazy. But at the same time, I can't help but wonder, you know, this might be an unpopular opinion, but here it goes. If you're not training or prepared for it, then you got no business going. So it doesn't surprise me to see that you DNF. You know, so here I've, I've got a, a few different varieties of and flavors on that after after going mm-hmm. through this one. So first of all, you've got some people out there that are just walking the course. Um, right. Now, let me and, hold on. I'm not saying that every person before everyone gets all, you know, up in arms. I'm not saying that every person who DNFs has no business being there. That's not the case. There's all different kinds no, of DNFs. No. I get that. I hear that. I'm not saying that. But yeah. the people that Jacob is just now starting to describe that go there to walk the whole course and just want to have a nice fun day on the mountain and, you know, whatever, and they're not training and they're not preparing and they're just showing up for funsies, I got no sympathies. The The thing is that metal means so much to so many different people at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And it's it gets tricky. Um, yeah. So you've got somebody like Ryan Atkins who goes out there and blows out the course in six hours. Oh, and, right. Like, yeah, exactly. Demolishes Insane. it. Let's not even like, I mean, come amazing, on. <laughs> amazing. And then you've got somebody that comes in there, you know, five minutes before the final bill. Right. And they get the same medal at the end of the day. Now Ryan walks away with a paycheck. Don't get me wrong. But, <laughs> right, um, right. Which is great for him. But it's um, it's just a really, really humbling course. And I think that's one of the other hardest parts about the ultra is the variety. Mm-hmm. So my next race for Spartan is the Ohio Ultra. And okay. I don't expect. Um, and that's a new mm- ultra. There's not been an Ohio Ultra, correct? Nope. nope. This is the first one. This is the first okay, one. Uh, here it's a great venue. Really cool. But I'm really intrigued to see how it plays out, but like also the elevation profile, because this like right. the New Jersey Ultra, we've got 11,000 elevation gain there. Um, right. You've got things like Killington, which is like 14 or 12 normally. Right. Um, you've and got then you have thing, Dallas that is toted as like one of the flattest ones there are. Maybe like 500 elevation where Killian right. did it last year in like four and a half hours. Right. So you exactly. you know you have all these things that are quote unquote the same thing, but are they? I don't think so, and that's that's where it gets weird. So like qualifying for their championship for this, and once again going back to the the championship issues with ultras. So we have a championship for the Spartan Ultra. It's in Sweden this year. We've had it for the past two years. It's been in Iceland. Right. Um. So before this, it was like if you finished an ultra, period you have qualified for the open division. Right. If you finished it under 10 hours, you make it into the elite. You can qualify for elite. Correct. And I was like, that's that's a big gap there. That's a huge <laughs> gap, especially if you're comparing a race like Jersey or Killington to a venue like Something like Dallas. Dallas. Exactly. Right. Where the average finish time is like, oh, half of that. Exactly. So now we've got something... Like, so we got, we got a thing that said, you know, if you make top 10 males or females in elite, you qualify. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't see any justification on age group or anything breakdown on that. I need to look into more on that. That's on me. That's, mm-hmm. that's my thing. Um, right, right. would love to get some answers for, for all of our listeners here on that. But, um, so I jumped in in elite hoping to make a top 10 finish. I didn't get it. Um, it was a rust right. buster for me. It just became kind of a, kind of a wake up Jacob, 
you need to do a few mm. things differently. Now, um, what do you think? Okay, so what do you think you need to do differently? Because I know you've been running your tail off. I've been running my butt off. So where where do you think is the room for improvement here? So, and if anybody knows me, uh, kind of my background is I'm really good at obstacles. I've been pretty, mm-hmm. and I mean, I don't want to brag or anything, but I'm pretty efficient in obstacles. Um, I think that's a fair statement. And people that saw my video, I, I threw up on my story on Instagram today of me doing Olympus. And mm-hmm. I got a few messages like, what in the heck? How do you do it that quick? And <laughs> oh, it's, that's a um, slow one for me. <laughs> well, it's, but it's some of those things I'm just naturally gifted there. Um, and my downhill's really good because a lot of it's like mm-hmm. ski resorts. I'm a, I'm a right? snowboarder. I can read a mountain. I can read terrain. I love running downhill. Yeah. That's definitely a big strength for me and where my, I'm able to finally get some ground on some people. Mm-hmm. The big thing for me, it was my ascents. And then I started mm-hmm. cramping up at mile 10. Well, I so mean, I and it's hard cramps. for you to prepare for, for those kinds of ascents because, yep. I mean, you do it on the stair mill, you do it on the inclined treadmill, mm-hmm. but it's just not the same thing as hoofing it out there on, exactly. on the terrain. I was making these jokes out there this weekend about, um, like, you know, well, Hoosier Mountain's been, you know, old Mount Hoosier's been denying mm-hmm. the time. And they're like, Hoosier Mountain? Like, yeah, the, the biggest issue is Hoosier Mountain doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're in the we middle of Indiana. Uh, I've just right. got I've got Brown County, and I think the largest gain I have is Hesitation Point there, and I think it's like two miles and maybe like seven hundred gain, mm-hmm. <laughs> max maybe six hundred. Um, I'll have to look that up, but but um, so anyway, back to Jersey. Yep. Great course, just beats you down, and mm-hmm. so that's the question then. So you have these people out there going out and elite and age group and now here's my first thing if you were an elite or age group mm-hmm. people always go you know oh run your own race do this do that mm-hmm. and talking to my buddy destined living good for i'm gonna give so many shout outs to so many people here mark nielsen <laughs> uh you're uh, such Fo. a name dropper <laughs> so, so many good people out this weekend just hugging me because i i missed them and just like talking shop with me i love it it's so great right right but i was talking to um dustin living good mm-hmm. and and Scott Knowles was messaging me all weekend about like asking how it was because he ran it last year. But Dustin was Dustin was messaging me, and we were talking back and forth there at the venue, and we were talking right. about elite and age group, yeah, and the concept of run your own race. And so, what's your take on that? As soon as you go into age group or elite, you are not running your own race. I agree a thousand percent. If you, you are, are there, there in a timed, competitive wave. You are there to be competitive, and yep. every move you make is under scrutiny. And yep. I don't feel sorry for you nope. if you, I didn't know, or I didn't think, or it wasn't a big deal, or these people you, that say, oh, well, I wasn't going to be competitive anyway. I was just going to hang at the back of the pack. You know, or I, I wasn't want an out earlier there for timeline. Time. Yeah, exactly. Too, too bad. Too bad. You that, signed up for this. I agree. And that's what makes me crazy. And that's what dilutes it all. You know, yep. as, as a whole, it makes me nuts. Yep. So, so then you get to the the open groups that say that. What's your overall impression? I think, and that's that's where it's really hard. Is I think in certain waves of the in in, in the open, it's like you should do your best, but walking past a sandbag carry and just not even doing the sandbag carry, mm-hmm. that's weak. That's weak, and. Maybe well, some people need that push, have... mm-hmm. but I, I think it's so weak. And so that becomes the question is like, okay, well then 
do we make it harder? If these people aren't even doing the obstacles, what's the only way to make it harder? We just make the finish line further or harder to get to. And we just increase the difficulty on the terrain or we, so I guess, I guess my point would be for those people, um, if you want an ultra medal that bad, you know what I mean? Like there's Mm -hmm. some people that have, we've got these metal whores. Um, Oh yeah. There's posts all over this morning about people, you know, calling others out and, you know, you've got people saying, well, I was registered in age group and I got DNF based on my time, but I was doing every obstacle and so-and-so was in open and just walked past this and walked past that and didn't do the burpees, but they got the buckle and I didn't get the buckle. And, you know, every morning we have all this banter, every race. Oh, absolutely. I think it's more increased in ultra because you have this element of the DNF, you know, and the the forced DNF, you know, versus these other races where, yeah, if you want to quit along the way, you can quit in DNF, but you're not going to have a race director sitting there with a clock saying, oh, nope, now you're DNF'd against your will. And see, that's the big thing is like, I really think there should be a little bit more mandatory completion to it. So talking to Dylan Forsyth, who is the course director there. Mm-hmm. He was talking about like pulling the ultra back a little bit and saying, this is really where we need it to be. This is like kind of a more like, and I was like, you, there's a lot of people that race, they'd make it back to their drop bin. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we say DNF, like, but a lot of those people just dropped halfway. They just because didn't they even were like, go back out for number two. Nope. Nope. Didn't even go back. They handed in their timing chip and said, this isn't for me. Wow. <laughs> and I think sometimes like I want people to succeed. Don't get me wrong. I want to see people win. I want to see people do good and like smile and do things. But sometimes you got to fall down mm-hmm. and you've got to like, like I know we've, we've, we've sit here and talked about like the millennial condition before and talked about mm-hmm. like everybody gets a trophy and, but everybody should fall down at some point. <laughs> well, I mean, and if you're not somebody who has fallen down, you know, then the the rise to the top is nowhere near as great. I mean, Absolutely. I don't know about you, but I personally have DNF'd a couple races for various reasons, mostly medical, but, um, you know, various races. And it's that fire that you get inside after the DNF. That and here's the thing, like Trump the DNF anything. might look like something different for other people. For me this weekend, my, and it's not a DNF, but it was a lesson that mm-hmm. I need to get better on my sense. Right. I, it, it revealed it. I got lucky enough that I didn't get DQ'd or anything, but right. that taught me a lesson. I need to be better on my sense. Well, and I think it all boils down to, you know, why do you race? You know, it's uh, a teammate and I were having a discussion this past weekend about this kind of stuff, about the why, and you know, the purpose. And it's not so much just like the generic, what's your why? But, you know, what do you what are you doing this for? You know, yeah. Are you the kind of person that's just going to do it for the sake of doing it? And do you do you do it for the camaraderie? Is it another medal on the wall? Is it right? Are you doing it to get better and, you know, a better version of yourself? You know, we see all these people that the next morning, you know, all the posts, well, you know, my ankle wasn't feeling good, but I decided to try it anyway. And then I DNF'd or, you know, it's like you preface your story with these excuses as if the world out there cares. Asked you to do it. (laughs) Right. I mean, at the end of the day. It doesn't make any difference to me whether you raced it and got a buckle or you DNF'd it. But if you're racing for the purpose of impressing other people, 
I, you know, I question your your motivation, your purpose. You know, why are you doing it? Yeah, why are we out here? Mm-hmm. And it's, I think people get so caught up in that and the buckles and everything else that we lose sight of what this sport is, is what, what's so great about it. And then it all just gets diluted even more. Absolutely. And I think there's, there is a healthy balance that we have to strike within the two. And it's, I want to see people succeed and I want those, because let's be honest, the, a lot of those open waivers, they're paying the bills. Oh, well, hundred um, percent. You know, you, you um, get some of these elitists spouting off about, about open waivers, but the, the bottom line is without them, there, there's yeah. no race. And I mean, I was joking about it, but it's like, I mean, there's people out there just doing it for fun. There's people out there. And th- those are the great people that we do need to see that. But maybe the ultra needs to be something a little bit more reserved. But then again, the price there, they're paying a hell of a premium for right. that ultra. That's, I mean, I'll that's another that piece of it. I mean, Spartan yeah. Ultras are no cheap day in no, the park. It's a, I, mean, I think this one was like $350, maybe 400 yeah, I mean, if you're not registering immediately and have some type of code, I think it's perfectly reasonable to say with fees and whatnot, you're looking at somewhere of, you know, four to five hundred dollars for a race. Yeah, per race. It's expensive. I'm, I'm looking at doing four this year and it ain't cheap, Mm-mm. even with a season pass. I mean, so I'm trying to find ways to help out or get, you know, discount codes or like somebody's like, oh, you know, we've got this deal or this deal. It's it's expensive. Yep. For sure. Um, so, I mean, so you, that's what people are wanting to spend money on. And maybe that's why they get so crazy about the buckle, just to say, hey, I to feel like some kind of validation. Mm-hmm. Possibly. It's a it's a wild ride, but it's it's really, really interesting. And I think one of the beautiful things about it, I had talked about with Chris Chapman years before. And I guess I never really talked because we were, oh, my God, at the time, two years ago, I was looking at making a podcast for Bruce ER originally called Shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, basically just tall, tall tales of things that you hear like behind the scenes of OCR. And, okay. But one of the episodes of Shenanigans that Chris and I recorded um, was, oh, we were. I, I did kind of go into ultras and talk about like the thing I like about ultra is people should do one just because nothing is safe and it has a hard cutoff and there's a really good right. chance you're going to get cut out and. That I like said, it. Though, I, I don't want to see that go away. So one of the beautiful things I think, though, about it, once again, going back to it, um, I remember in 2014, 14 or 15, the last time that the ultra, well, the, the Spartan Race World Championship was in Vermont. Was that 15 uh, or 14? Mm-hmm. It was 14. 14. That was, 20, 14. That was 2014. 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to run the ultra there on Sunday okay. and do the infamous, you know, run the beast on Saturday, run the ultra on Sunday and just die. <laughs> right. Um, Which is not going to be able to happen anymore, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause the ultra is now Saturday, but yep. the, the race in Vermont was, was horrible, but I remember sitting out there and just running the beast on Sunday too. So running the beast on Saturday and Sunday mm-hmm. and probably should have been aware of myself at that point. I should have been doing, longer distance <laughs> um uh, yeah do if you're doing like back-to-back killing beasts yep it's a it was something special back then mm-hmm. but i was sitting there at the base and watching people light up their headlamps going into the double sandbag carry mm-hmm. now the double sandbag carry was maybe 
a good two thirds of the way through the race, maybe a little longer. Okay. And watching these people, you know, it was probably seven o'clock at night, seven thirty, and they're lighting up their headlamps and starting up the sandbag carry. Mm-hmm. And it's a double sandbag carry, and I'm like, these people aren't going to finish. Mm. And just thinking of that to myself, and there's there's beauty in that, but I guess my thing is like where my line's at is seeing people push past that. I'm going to go up till the second they, they cut me. There's something Oh, I about, definitely have mad respect for that. I've got way more respect for that than somebody like, well, I want to make the time cut off, so I'm just going to skip this obstacle. Agreed, Because 100%. that person is going in, and they're like, this is what I signed up to do. Come hell or high water, that's... Right. That's oh no, I I agree a hundred percent, and I don't want you know I don't want people to think be, based on my earlier statements that I'm saying you know if you can't complete it you shouldn't try it. That's yeah. absolutely not the case. But you should be fighting and trying with every ounce of your being to sign within to the finish rules, what you signed up for to finish what you signed up for as the rules state. So you know unless you have some kind of I, I would say like disability. Oh, well, um, yeah. I mean, and that, that's a whole different ballgame. That's, that's absolutely a, whole different a totally tricks. different conversation. So, you know, yep. I hope nobody yep. even interprets it like that. But, yep. you know, the Just person that starts the race and is committed to doing it and is doing every burpee and every obstacle and busting their ass and gets hacked, I have nothing but mad respect for. Yep. Absolutely. Nope, you're not ready this time. Okay. Now you learned and go back and prepare and try to fight again. Figure stuff you know, out. Absolutely. There's nothing more amazing to me than seeing finish line. Yeah. You know, volunteering at the finish line. If anyone, if people haven't done it at before. At the very end of the day. At the very end of the day. That is my favorite place to be. To see people at the very end of the day giving it all they have. Just to cross over that finish line. And just to see the sense of accomplishment and pride Mm -hmm. on their face, to me, that deserves the buckle more than anything else. Like, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I I agree a thousand percent. And that's, it's just such a, it means so much to so many different people. And that's, that's the interesting thing. Agree. And that's why I think Um, it's so frustrating to me and to other people who have been there and then see people kind of, you know, skirt stuff, cheapen it, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And once again, though, that comes to that value of, of the buckle, like, or mm-hmm. like people that just go and um, sell it on eBay. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like that's, that's a whole nother ball game, but like, then we're literally putting a, you know, putting a price tag on it. Absolutely. That's craziness to me that people, I mean, the only Every explanation day. that I could justify it is, okay, well, maybe I was moving. I lost my buckle. I'm replacing the buckle that I earned. Okay, fine, maybe. But for people to purchase a buckle that they haven't earned to say, oh, look, I have a buckle, like, that's just. Every day. I, it happens every that's, day. That's a different type of crazy to me. <laughs> it happens every single day. And that's that's the thing. I guess I'm, I might have become desensitized by it now. But it happens mm-hmm. every day. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, you see it with everything, with with medals, with, you know, after World's Toughest Mudder last year, those Holy Grail Cups yep. and the headbands. And it's like, are you nuts? It's everywhere. It's it's everywhere. But it's, once again, it means so much to so many different people. Right. And that's that's the crazy thing. And just understanding what that means and that, that intrinsic value that we put on it. Because, so I, 
and some people save their best medals. Some people save their favorite medals. I've got a wall of my medals, if you know me. Um, mm-hmm. down here oh, in my basement. I do. I definitely um, got my swag wall. Yep, I've got my swag wall, and I'm, I'm putting my medal up there next to everything else. Because this year, I guess, for me, and they all got stories, right? Like, and if I could get Absolutely. down, I could get that wall down to maybe, probably a third of what it is for the ones that mean something to me. Oh, yeah, me too. And my trophies. But um, they've all got a story, you know? And mm-hmm. oh, that's, for sure. But that's, that's my story, and that's for me to figure out. Um, but hey, if I could sell some of them for a little coin here, uh, I'd be happy to. So just go ahead and hit me up on that. <laughs> uh-huh. Too funny. All right. Though. So what do you have next? What's my next ball game? Um, yep. Okay. So I'm really bummed because I was talking to Rhea a lot this weekend and hanging mm-hmm. out with her. And uh, who? P.S. Let's give her the credit she deserves. Yeah, she crushed it too. Crushed it, it first place for for females, but fourth place overall. She was yeah. like I think four Animal. minutes away. From yep. being third place overall on the overall podium, which I would love yep. to see Raise a tank. them put a female on the podium with the men. Like, I think that'd be awesome. Yep. That she, I don't think they Raya would do that, but it. I think it would be fantastic if they Worthy. announced the overall just, podium and they put Ray up there. That was just amazing. Raya is, yep. she is easily one of the best. Her and Adkins are probably two of the best ascenders in the game right now. Well, I, mean, the only, I think any race. Only above, strange you know, person I'd put in there contending for ascending would be like uh, Novakovic because he's just an ascension well, animal. Well, we say just... Novakovic, but he hasn't been around all the. Oh, he has announced he's back this year. So I'm he's not coming sure back. Which, I'm not sure which race it is that he's coming out to. I would guess maybe. We'll Big see Bear. how he does. But, you know, like I said, like as far as climbing up a mountain, I think Bear can. Bear, he's a bear. He's a bear. Well, yeah. <laughs> But until he, you know, reestablishes that position, I'm going to still hold out for Ryan every time. That's pretty fair. So everyone was asking me, okay, are you going to Big Bear? No, I'm not going to Big Bear. And everyone's like, we should go to Big Bear because it's a lot like New Jersey. I'm like, I'm not going to Big Bear. And they're like, <laughs> why don't you go to Big Bear? Jacob Ray is like, you should go to Big Bear with me. <laughs> and and like, now you're going to go to Big Bear? No, no, I'm not going to Big Bear. Um, so that weekend here in two weeks, is it two, mm-hmm. three weeks, three weeks from today, this weekend, this past weekend. Mm-hmm. I have got a local race that is one of my favorite races in the world. Um, it's called Dances with Dirt. Oh, you've talked um, about that. Yeah, it's like 20 minutes from my doorstep. Uh, my local brewery here, Big Woods, uh, Quaffon Brewing, uh, they help sponsor it. We have free beer. Um, Isn't it like a, a Ragnar? Yeah, it's like a Ragnar. It's like a day Ragnar with these crazy legs, um, you know, five-man teams. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called like – it's a 100K Extreme Relay, and it's mm-hmm. it's a blast. Um, awesome. And it's a so really that's good time. for you? So that's next for me. And if you win it with the extreme relay, you win a golden bone. So I've got like uh, golden bone trophies here at my house and I love them. And there is winning the bone. I'm hoping to win the bone again. Um, but I'm trying to decide right now, like the big one is going out to Colorado for the ultra out there. But my next Spartan is going to be Ohio. I'll be at the Ohio ultra. I'm excited for it. And, and when I'm is that I, one? Um, it is in June, first weekend in June. Okay. So I'll have two weekends after um dances with dirt to figure my stuff out and go out there and rumble good what is your next ball game um my next one is next weekend down or i guess up for me in uh, dc stadium race number two at nationals um which will be an exciting race because i think a lot of the um from a pro perspective a lot of the pros we're not at opening in City Field because it conflicted with the um, National Series race. 
So I've yeah. heard of some more names coming down to D.C. Uh, to race. I think, you know, Ryan Kent's coming. Kempson will be there. Um, all your, you know, your big players. So I'm excited oh, yeah. to see how that field shakes down. That'll be great. Yep. Yep. So obviously That'll I'm not competing great. with them, but um, hoping to see you know, some of the throwdown well would be great. And, yep. Throwdown in, in number two. And then uh, the following week, right after that, I'm going to be back home in St. Louis and uh, Tough Mudder. Oh, that's right. Get some footage yep. for that. Like, let's let's yeah. Talk oh, for to sure. I'm super excited about that course. That's my home course at the battlegrounds. Oh so, gosh, I'm so jealous. Um, that is a great venue. It's a fantastic venue. If anyone is looking for a race that weekend, May 18th, 19th, I highly recommend it. Just because it's my favorite. Awesome sauce. All right. Well, we will see you then, Leah. Until next week. You guys all yeah. stay great. Yeah. Sounds good. Bye, guys. All right. Well, take care. This has been the Bro CR Supercast, powered by Bro CR Media. We always love reviews. Oh, and shout outs too. Wanna be on the review? Drop us a line. We know there are other obstacle course racing podcasts out there, but you choose to laugh with us for a while. So thanks. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. And thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye. And bye-bye. Bye-bye. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.